The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Hi, Kat. Yo, yo, yo! What time is it? Showtime. Wait, no. Is that the line from Hamilton? I don't know. Yo, 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 yo. Something Sam Adams is the place to be. Or, no. Something, something, something is the place to be. I've had two Sam Adams, but I'm working on three. Bra, bra, I am Hercules Bulligan. Something, something, make your mama say come again. Dirty. Oui, oui, mon ami, je m'appelle Lafayette. I am the Lancelot of the revolutionary set. Who's the best? C'est moi. I'm sorry, I've still been on a Hamilton kick. Hi, Ray. It's okay. You know what else I've been on a kick on? Um. Bracelets. Bracelets. I have been trying to be more eco-minded with my jewelry purchases and more like small business oriented. I've been trying to avoid like the Claire's accessories, the icings, the uh, charming Charlie's, all those types. But I like having a nice mix of jewelry. And we actually had a listener reach out to us and they run a shop where they actually hand make all of their own bracelets. And the name of the store is Charlie James, and she designed an entire line of bracelets just for this podcast. She actually started with you. She made a Muggle Please bracelet. Yeah. In gold. Represent the Muggle Pleases. (laughs) She also made a Fire Whiskey and Honey bracelet, as well as a line of bracelets for the different houses And you can get it either with the name of the house with uh, their most common trait or you can just get them simply in your house colors. And she is actually going out of her way to find bronze beads for the Ravenclaw house, which I love. And she has decided to offer 20% off her entire Fire Whiskey and Honey line for us if you put in FWH pod at the checkout. And her shop is shop charliejames.com that is shopcharliejames.com and if you put an FWH at checkout you get 20% off of the fire whiskey and honey line woo woo go get some clothes for your wrists no one likes a naked wrist preach also you are getting a muggle please bracelet in the mail when I send out the August perks which are going to be a little delayed and I do want to apologize for everybody for that Um, The reason they are going to be delayed is because uh, we have been getting more and more requests for people to send us fan mail, 
and my husband has requested that I not hand out our new address. So we are officially official enough to get a P.O. box. <laughs> so as soon as I have the P.O. box, which I plan to do this week, I will finally have something to put on a return address line for you guys, and then we can set out your perks. Yay! Woo! P.O. boxes! Hey, hey, this is a big move for us. It's very exciting. The next step is to become an LLC so that if somebody ever gets mad, they can't sue us personally. They have to sue the business, which is worth almost nothing. <laughs> Yay! Yay! <laughs> Legalities. Oh, God. Yeah, that was the other thing. For We had somebody ask. They were like, yeah, you know, I was thinking I could do a podcast like that. And then they looked at all the stuff that is required to start a podcast. And they were like, ah. Yeah, and now yeah, I feel a- bad because now I got people listening to Potterless. And I'm just like, crap, giving Shubes more money. Jesus. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. He came first. It's fine. Uh, anyway. But that means that it is time for our recap of last week. So, what had happened was... What had happened was... Okay, so, they're in the room of requirement, practicing their spells and junk. And Maya's having trouble not referring to it as Dumbledore's army, because she knows what's up. Because she from the future, because that's so Raven, it's the future. Never mind. <laughs> Gotta pay for that. Um, okay, so they're practicing their spells. And then there was a Halloween ball where yes. they apparently hid some fire whiskey, those underage children, and started drinking and having some little drunk kid fun. And then uh, Maya and Remus had another steamy moment with no follow through, but this time it was... Uh, what was it? Her or him that said they gotta stop whatever the opposite is the one last time. I apparently don't know the difference between a beaver and an otter, so that's kind of sad. <laughs> and I'm really glad nobody called out the fact that I was joking about the bodice thing, because I know what that says. I was just kidding, I swear, but whatever. And that's all I really remember. Super proud of you. I saw you pick up a notebook, and I'm so proud that you took Because I write it down after we're done so I can somewhat remember and not sound like a babbling, what does she say? Babbling. A babbling bunch of baboons? Yes. A babbling, bumbling bunch of baboons. Yes. There it is. Also, to the person who said thank you for Claire being so knowledgeable of Harry Potter, I just want to say thank you. This is like one of my life goals to be able to use my Harry Potter knowledge and have people acknowledge it. And you do. You do. Yeah, I thought of you when I put that picture on our story on the podcast Instagram where it was like if Harry Potter was a subject in school and it's that athlete that has the gold medals on both arms doing this. I was like, that's so what Claire would do. Have all these medals. Preach. I'm now looking in like the background of my office and uh, I'm going to need to clean some things up before tomorrow when we record the live version of the archive of our own version of this chapter just a friendly reminder we are about to read chapter 42 moonlight and this is the fanfiction.net version which means it is mature but not explicit i even had shia go through and let me know which chapters were going to be a little zippier and so we will be reading the ao3 versions 
on Patreon live. We're going to do a uh, Zoom chat so you guys can see Cat blush. <laughs> and she's looking down. Because there are so many, we may not do them all, but we do want to do a decent number of them so that, one, you Patreons get a little more bang for your buck. And also just because it's really fun to watch Cat blush. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Without further ado. See, this is because they need to see it, not just hear it. And then those guys that made that song, What Does a Fox Say? They need to make What Does a Blush Say? Essentially. Yes. Anyway, the dead of time. Anyway, the dead of time. (laughs) Gotta make sure my butt's comfortable. It's gonna be a long ride. I feel like you're not gonna say much. (laughs) <laughs> that's um, what she said <laughs> chapter 42 moonlight october 31st 1975 i don't understand remus said as he walked into the room of requirement which was no longer a room but rather what looked to be the outskirts of the forbidden forest Everything felt so real, the smell of the grass beneath his shoes, the breeze moving through the leaves in the trees ahead of them, even the bright moon reflecting off of the water on the black lake. Moon? Remus took a sharp breath as his focus turned up. Painted across the sky of black velvet was the brightest, fullest moon he had ever seen with his own human eyes. Something tightened in his chest and he closed his eyes as he waited for the itching, the aching, the pain to come. But instead of sharp stabbing against his skin, he felt something soft, pliable, and warm. Love, look at me. Remus opened his eyes, still breathing heavily. A hazy mixture of chocolate brown and amber looked back at him, and he could read the love in their depths. Maya's soft hands touched his face, beckoning him toward her, where she placed a kiss full of promises against his mouth, chaste and sweet. He looked skyward again, and only then did he realize that he was still shaking against her, a hand firmly gripped on her arm as if he needed to steady himself. I don't understand, Maya. What did you do? This is where I trained to become an animagus, she told him. I asked the room of requirement to place me in the forest where I could see the trees, touch the dirt, and smell the air. I asked to be able to see the shack. She pointed to the shadowy silhouette in the distance and for the brightest full moon it could summon. Her eyes were full of guilt at the fear she had brought out in him, but something told Remus she knew that this would happen, at least initially. I wanted to be connected to you during my training, to remind myself why I was doing it. How am I not? Transforming? That's not a real moon. Why did you bring me here? He asked, focus still fixated on the orb in the sky. I... She hesitated. I I wanted to give you something. I wanted you to see it with those beautiful green eyes. See it and not fear it. She traced her fingers along the lines of his mouth and then leant in, capturing his lips tenderly with her own. He closed his eyes and let the light of the moon, real or not, wash over him as he relished the warmth of the girl in his arms. Remus turned away from the brightness in the sky, still not entirely sure about what Maya had done, but suddenly very grateful that she had. He was desperate to show her his gratitude. Sorry, Anna. Beth. 
Oh my god. Oh my god. You just unplugged your freaking microphone, didn't you? Uh, we need to write a how not to make a podcast. <sighs> well, my bad. I accidentally shut off my recording. So going back to the show. <laughs> Cat's about ready to kill me, but that's fine. I will kill you, bring you back with magic, and then Hannah Beth can kill you. <laughs> and that's fine. He kissed her, deep and slow, reverently running his hands over the silk of her dress, feeling the outline of her waist, the dip in her lower back, and the curve of her hips that made him keen at the touch. Kat, are you wearing a sweatshirt? Well, long sleeves. But it's one of the breathable things. Mm-hmm. No, Is it sweat wicking? It... No. You probably gonna need it. Okay. She responded in kind, her small fingers playing at the clasp of his robes. When she unhooked it and began to push the fabric over his shoulders. <laughs> like I said. <laughs> One sentence. Oh, my face is warm. Oh my god. Why do I laugh like that? Why am I a 12 year old boy? Uh. And began to push the fabric over his shoulders. Remus pulled himself away from her as he opened his eyes and looked down. Here? Couldn't think of anywhere better, she admitted, with a shy, nervous smile. You, me, the earth, and the sky. Remus held her in his arms and dipped her backwards, as Sirius had done earlier that night while they danced. But instead of a smug grin, Remus smiled softly. Instead of bringing her back to her feet, he placed her gently there upon the soft grass. Kneeling close beside her, he brushed a lock of hair from her face and drank in the image of her, bathed in the light of the moon, something he might never see again, not with his own eyes, not in this form. Would you think less of me if I admitted that I was scared? His brow furrowed, and his eyes were set with worry. She looked so small, lying beside him, beneath him, as he leant over to kiss her cheeks. She looked too fragile, too tender, too breakable, much too easy to devour. She whispered the words she had been repeating to him for years. I'm not afraid of you. I'm a little scared, but not of you. Desperate to comfort her, he noticed she was shaking. Remus kissed her soft and slow until he could hear the beating of her heart calm down as she relaxed. He pulled away from her, not entirely sure what to do. He never thought of a moment like he never thought a moment like this would have been possible for him, so when Sirius and the other boys talked endlessly about sex, Remus generally tuned them out. If the moon smiled, she would resemble you, Maya smiled up at him, stroking his cheek with the tips of her fingers. You leave the same impression of something beautiful, Remus said, and breathed in deep as though her words began to set him on fire. He needed to finish them or burn up from the inside out. But annihilating, Sylvia Plath. Muggle or witch? Who cares? 
He dove forward, claiming her mouth with passion and drive, rekindling the slow burn they had ignited against the stone walls outside the room of requirement. She pushed the robes from his shoulders completely this time, but he refused to break the kiss when she uh, deftly, sorry, broke my own cadence. He dove forward, claiming her mouth with passion and drive, rekindling the slow burn that they had ignited against the stone walls outside of the room of requirement. She pushed the robes from his shoulders completely this time, but he refused to break the kiss when she deftly played with the buttons of his shirt until they all opened to expose the skin of his scarred chest to her. He hesitated when she pulled away from him, tugging the sleeves off his arms to draw the shirt away from his body before her hands traced the outlines of the scars that ran across his ribs. He frowned and closed his eyes tight, unable to watch her touch him, fairly certain she would find him lacking if she looked too close. His eyes were still closed when he felt her lips brush against the scar that cut across his chest, and the sudden contact sparked something deep and primal, sparked something old and feral, but new to him all the same. He found himself suddenly above her, wedging a knee between her thighs, he breathed her in deep, setting her, his lupine senses aflame. Her scent lingered in the air, and he could taste it in the back of his throat. She smelled like a forest after a rainstorm. She tasted like honey, and something he could not put into words. Something that felt like hope burning inside of his chest. Remus bent forward and captured her lips once again, trying to remember that last lingering taste until he found it on the tip of her tongue. He pulled away and whispered, You taste like the sunrise. Did you read ahead or is it because of that line? You taste like the sunrise. I'm going to die on this next sentence. Uh, what is that? Like a bag of Skittles that's like all mango and lemon flavored so they're orange and yellow. So it's like, taste the sunrise. I feel like it would taste like oranges, lemon, maybe some grapefruit. Yeah, or that. His, his erection grew more uncomfortable in his side. <laughs> your fucking eyebrows oh just shot to your hairline. God. His erection grew more uncomfortable in his slacks as her hooded eyes lifted to meet his and her words whispered against his lips. You taste like moonlight. Is that your wand or are you just happy to see me? <laughs> Suddenly, he was unable to hold the wolf back any longer. Oh! <laughs> Capturing her mouth once again in a bruising kiss, Remus reached down and touched the skin of her ankle, then slowly followed the trail of flesh upward until his hand met creamy thigh. The silk of her dress bunched up against his forearm. The tips of his fingers brushed against lace. He shivered and tucked his knuckles beneath the band of fabric, tucking down at the same time that her hands found the buckle of his trousers, unwilling to break the kiss or open his eyes and worry that he would look into hers and see fear. They fumbled awkwardly, limbs tangling as they desperately fought to remove their clothing. He was working on instinct now. Each move he made fueled by the whimpers, meows, and soft cries escaping her throat. Settling into the cradle of her thighs, Remus finally broke their kiss to look down at her, waiting for silent confirmation, trying like hell to stay out of his head like she always told him to. 
He worried that if he questioned himself and hesitated now, she would assume it was because of her, and Remus could not bear to have her think of herself as anything but absolute perfection. So he kept quiet and waited, watching her eyes closely and inspecting her for any hint of anxiety. Please, was what she finally cried, and the wolf inside of him howled in victory. Adjusting himself with a shaking hand, Remus pressed forward until he felt a wet warmth encase him, a tightness that was so suffocatingly perfect that it made him dizzy. His body begged to move forward, so he did, and he heard her gasp just as he felt her tighten painfully around him. His eyes opened wide the moment he realized what had happened, and he looked down at her, terrified. He had known what would happen, but had forgotten in the moment, and he cursed himself for being so ignorant. Her face and body were tense, and Remus breathed deeply, begging for forgiveness with his eyes. Our job. Our job to protect her, not to hurt her. Never hurt her. I... He began, choking on an apology. Yours, Maya said on a slow exhale. She took another breath let it go, and he felt her grip on him relax, just a touch. He looked down at her, confused, until he remembered her words earlier, when he had questioned her about the moon in the sky above them. I want to give you something. Yours, she repeated, touching his chest. The wolf inside of him keened. Ours. Remus swallowed hard before slowly moving once more, Pulled into eyes that were filled with love and acceptance, he felt a flood of emotions fill him. The girl beneath him, covered in silk and moonlight, loved him, loved Remus, and accepted the wolf inside. She had given him everything he never thought he deserved and more. He felt honored that she had somehow felt found him worthy of this moment, this painfully beautiful moment, bathed in the light of the moon, where he was more man than monster. Remus! she moaned, and it fueled him further, pushing him, edging him ever closer to something he had never known. Not like this. She smelled like a rainstorm. She felt like heaven. She tasted like honey and a sunrise end. And something else he could not quite place, but it burned deliciously. He felt her undulate beneath him and seized the cry of her lips with his mouth, drinking in her pleasure until his own broke inside of her. Remus let out a low growl against her lips, quivering when she kissed him lightly, and collapsed into her arms beneath the brightness of the moon above them. It was absolute, utter, infinite, complete, and outright perfection. Almost, a voice whispered in the back of his mind. Almost perfection. But not quite. Just in case, when his energy returned minutes later, Remus tried again. You doing okay? Yes, I'm fine. You look a little sweaty. Well, I was cold. Now I'm hot and <laughs> I can't move because my blanket's going to make noise. But like, Jesus. I was complaining about the no follow through and now I'm getting it and I'm just like, wow. Mm-hmm. I just wait till you listen to the explicit. Oh, God, don't even. I don't even want to think about it. 
my goodness. I'm going to have to, like, put on shorts and, like, not sit in my bed and record so I can, like, move because I'm going to be, like... I'm just imagining you with, like, a little spray bottle with a little fan on it and just, like... Yeah, like, they have a Disney World. Yeah, if I had one, I would use it. (laughs) We'll just record this one with, like, you in the pool or something. No! No one wants to see this. That's oh, like that's a true. People are gonna. <laughs> that's like a sausage in a casing. No one wants to see that. Oh hush! You look very nice in a bikini. No, I do not. Lies. Anyway, dead of time. Hours passed, and the moon still hung in the faux sky above them, covering their sweat-soaked naked bodies. That was. Maya panted, every nerve in her body tingling, oversensitized, and a little sore. Yeah. Remus breathed heavily against her, his hot breath dampening her collarbone where his face had landed. He inhaled and moved up, hissing a little as he pulled out and away from her, landing next to her on his back. Maya exhaled. Wow. Really? Remus turned and grinned at her. Not wow for you? She frowned, her swollen lips pouting. She had not expected their first time to be that great. Reading books and hearing gossip in the dormitories during both times at Hogwarts had prepared her for bland, awkward disappointment. You know, I'm kind of disappointed that when he's done, he doesn't go, Ow! (laughs) (laughs) What? It would be funny. He'd go like, Ow! to take his back leg and just like <laughs> sorry and just like yeah his human back leg and scratch his ear yes well he has to be flexible because he turns into a wolf every now and then so it's like <laughs> what does that do to your bones i'm saying like yeah man you gotta stretch out those muscles don't want to pull a hammy yeah he's elastigirl Anyway, she'd been prepared for bland, awkward disappointment. (laughs) She knew that she and Remus had passion unlike anything else she had ever felt for a boy before, but she anticipated that even if she got over the pain that sometimes came with sex, it would be swiftly, it would not swiftly be followed by pleasure, it would not be swiftly followed by pleasure like that. No, wow, very wow for me, he promised with a chuckle as he continued to try and catch his breath. I just didn't think wow for you. Oh, very wow. She joined in the laughter, a bit delirious, until they both fell into a strange silence as they stared up at the sky. There was a heaviness to the air, and after a pregnant pause, Remus broke the silence. But? But I'm not your mate, Maya admitted automatically. He stared at her. How do you know that? Don't you? Remus thought for a moment. Well, yeah, I guess. You guess? Okay, I know. I just, I don't want to hurt your feelings by saying it. Why would that hurt my feelings? She frowned at him, leaning over on her side and resting her head on her open hand. If something's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. You sound like somebody who buys into divination. She would have scowled at him, 
but she had been screaming his name just minutes earlier, and she felt that her intimidation tactics would need to be recalibrated when it came to Remus. There's a difference. Werewolves have mates. There are studies that prove it. You're not upset? Are you? A little, he confessed. Maya reached over and brushed the sweat-soaked hair from his forehead. Tell me why. Because I... He turned and stared into her eyes, reaching out to stroke his knuckles tenderly against the skin of her cheek. She smiled. I love you too, Ramus. I do love you. I know. Plus, you're my best friend. You're more than that to me. She pulled herself forward, melding her body against his and sighing as he wrapped his arms around her to kiss her forehead. You're... I don't know. Mine, she said possessively, and Remus chuckled. You belong to me, at least until you find her. After a tense moment, he whispered, What if I don't? You will, she promised, as the vision of a pink-haired woman and a blue-haired baby came into her mind. You don't know that, Maya. Do you know the chances of someone like me finding their mate? Rare. Beyond rare. I thought you... He sighed, sadly. You've always been good to me. You've never been afraid to touch me. I just assumed... You'll find her. I promise. You don't regret it? He asked, hesitantly. Honestly, I'm having a hard enough... Hard time feeling guilty enough to not want to do it again, Maya laughed, tracing her fingers over his ribs, following the lines of scars down to the top muscles of his stomach. He was beautiful, and she could stare at him all day and night. He blinked down at her. Why would you feel guilty? I don't know, she lied. It feels like I'm helping you cheat on her. He shook his head in disbelief. A future mate I might never meet? You'll meet her, and then what? What will I be? How can she not hate me? She asked, and gasped at the very real thought of a very real person waiting for Remus in the future. Tonks, his mate, his wife. Maya covered her face. She had slept with Tonks' husband. Another thought jolted her. Remus, future Remus, he knew! That was how time worked. He said it in his letter. Anything she had done had already been done, which meant that when future Remus sent her back in time, he knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew that on Halloween, in their fifth year, she would take him into the room of requirement and they would make love beneath a full moon. He had known that she had been his girlfriend and that they had been in love. Wait, what? Everything that has happened has already happened, right? Nothing she can do can change the past, right? Right. Which means that when Remus sent her into the past, he knew what happened already because he'd already dated Maya. He knew he lost his virginity to Hermione and he knew that Hermione lost her virginity to him. Wow. You can imagine how awkward that was for him being her professor in third year. Wow. Uh-huh. I have like, never, even though this doesn't happen in the movie, I am never going to watch those the same ever again. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah. Jesus. 
Maya suddenly remembered a conversation she overheard between future Remus and Tonks the day before they'd gone into the Ministry of Magic to fetch Sirius from the Vale. But you know I love you, right? Yes, Remus, you love me. You'll never leave me. I'm your mate. I get it. Maya silently gasped at the thought. Tonks knew everything. You'll be my best friend, Remus kissed her temple, unaware that she was having a complete internal crisis. You're mine too, you know. You belong to me. It's like, if I were an alpha wolf, you'd be my beta. Maya chuckled, calming down at his words, always happy when he referenced his wolf without words of self-defamation. What about Sirius, James, and Peter? They're in the pack too, but you're... I don't know... Is there a word that means soulmate but doesn't? Ever the poet, Maya beamed up at him. You're thinking of a kindred spirit. Yeah, you're mine. It's like you're my heart but not my soul? Does that make sense? He asked, looking guilty when she adjusted their bodies so that she could look at him. She nodded. Remus was her heart. She could admit that. If I meet my mate, she'll understand that. If she doesn't, then she's not really my mate. So you don't feel bad? Maya asked. Like, you don't think you should be out there looking for her? Why? He raised a brow. What other person our age starts any relationship thinking, Wow, this is it. I think I'm going to marry this person. And if it's not meant to be, then I'm out of here. Maya laughed. Jamie, James is a special case. You're saying you'd rather be like Sirius? She frowned a little at the thought of Remus having a reputation like Sirius. Remus laughed, shaking his head with a defeated sigh. Isn't there a safe and less horrible middle ground between James and Sirius? Yeah, I call that safe middle ground Remus. I will never get used to you thinking of me as safe. She kissed him softly, whispering, You'd never hurt me. You say that like someone else would. When she did not answer, Remus sighed and pulled her tighter into his arms. I'm not your mate either. She frowned at the truth of his words. No. But you know who is. Maya sniffed, irritable. I don't want to talk about it, Remus. He'll figure it out. He's just... She scoffed. (laughs) Stupid. Oh, incredibly. He nodded with wide eyes. I was thinking more along the lines of ignorant, though. Sirius needs to grow up first. You've always been more mature than the rest of us, and I know I'm different, too, because of my condition. James, Sirius, and Peter are the ones who get to cling to their childhood a little longer than us. Please don't ever mention my brother or Peter while we're naked. Remus smirked down at her. I can mention Sirius, though. I'd prefer it if it would just be the two of us, but considering I brought your future mate into the bedroom. She ran her hand along the grass between them. Figuratively, she added with a chuckle. I suppose you have the right to push my buttons when it comes to Sirius. You love him. Remus whispered. Maya groaned and put her hands over her face. You suck at pillow talk. Ask the room something for me, Remus insisted. What? 
she asked, pulling her hands down to look at him. He smiled sweetly at her. Tell it to take the moon away. Make it disappear. I want to show you something. Maya silently agreed, closing her eyes and making the small request of the room. When she opened her eyes, the brightness of the forest was gone. They were still on the grass, now under a blanket of open black sky speckled with stars. You're the sky, Maya, Remus whispered in her ear. You're this amazing, endless, magical entity. We've just established that you can't have the moon, he said, pointing to himself. Okay, so tell me what you see without the moon in the sky. A terrible metaphor, she said, earning a poke in the ribs. She let out a heavy sigh, already knowing where he was going with his point, but she let him anyway, because when it came to her, Remus got away with anything. The man and boy could do no wrong. Everything he ever did was for her benefit. Stars. I see stars. What star do you see first? She pointed straight ahead. The brightest. Alpha Canis Majoris she said, using the technical term for the star stuck inside the beautiful constellation. Then she sniffed, resigned. Also known as the dog star. We like to call that star. Sirius, she whispered with a heavy breath. The brightest star is Sirius. So, what now? Remus asked, looking oddly pleased with himself after psychoanalyzing her and tricking her into some semblance of acceptance. What about us? What do you want? Maya asked. I don't want to be alone, he confessed sadly. But I don't want to stand in your way of anything that could happen. No dating each other? He cringed, looking awkward. Might get complicated. I agree, she said hesitation in her voice. But, he prompted, a hungry look in his eyes. She leaned forward, kissing his neck. But there's no reason not to take advantage of the fact that we're physically compatible. You don't think I'm just a randy bloke looking to get a girl in the sack? You already got a girl in the sack. Three times, Remus said, the words through a cough. And, oh, sorry, <clears throat> <laughs> three times, Remus said the words through a cough and then pretended like he was clearing his throat, but she looked up and saw the amazingly smug look on his face that could rival that of James during a Quidditch match. She laughed and rolled her eyes. Yes, well done you. Remus shrugged. I think I earned an OWL. She smirked, wiggling up against him. Lose the eco and I might consider you for an N-E-W-T. So... We're really okay? He pulled away from her to look into her eyes. When she smiled, he leant forward and kissed her sweetly. No weirdness? No weirdness. Strangely, no weirdness. I think in 20 years we'll look back and laugh at the fact there's no weirdness. She could just imagine that awkward conversation. The fact that he would grow up to become her professor would certainly add to the tension in the room. You do that a lot he said, observing her while running his knuckles up and down the flat plane of her stomach, watching closely as she shivered in response. What's that? Say, in twenty years, like it's some goal you've got in your head, where 
uh, where exactly do you think you'll be in 20 years that you add everything up to it? She smiled, sadly, thinking of everyone back at Grimold Place in 1998. I'll be with you, and Sirius, and everyone else. Family, friends, I see the war over, I see you with a wife and family, and Jamie's family. She frowned as she thought of ha- as the thought of Harry came into her mind. You don't have a family? She smiled as brightly as she could, blinking away the tears that were pricking at the corners of her eyes. You're my family. I love you, Maya. I love you, Remus. Round two? She burst into laughter, and he snatched the noise right from her lips with his own before rolling over and pinning her beneath him, grinning when her leg hitched up against his hip. Don't you mean round four? Semantics. He chuckled, placing a kiss to her throat that relit the fire in her belly. If she didn't know him any better, she might have accused him of trying to condition her. Pavlov's dog, Lupin's witch, drooling at the sound of sexy growling instead of a bell. How are you not exhausted? She asked through short breaths. Wolf thing, he whispered against her skin, slowly moving south where he placed kisses against her collarbone and in the valley between her breasts. I thought you were very animal. She chuckled at the thought and then whimpered as his lips reached her navel, her fingers moving into the depths of his shaggy hair. My wolf likes you. He mumbled against her stomach. I really like your wolf, she admitted with a grin, licking her lips as her eyes closed. Remus sighed, and he felt his head rest on her hip. Why can't you be my mate, he whined. You're perfect. Your mate will be perfect. I just happen to be a close runner-up. Close? She felt him move lower once more, his hot breath on her thighs, making her whimper. Mmm, very close. How close? He growled, sending vibrations across her skin. Maya quivered against the grass. Very close. If that is the mature version, what the crap is the... Oh my god. Explicit. Oh, Jesus. Oh my god. I'm dead. I'm excited. (laughs) I'm frustrated. Good for you. Give me another week or two. I'll go make a dead of time, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, if I get pregnant during the cut. During the course of this podcast, it's all Shia's fault. And she can add another to the list. Yes, yes, the ever-growing dead-of-time baby army. Oh my god, like... I, my hamster died in my head. I, I don't have... I don't have words. No. We'll get you a little squirt bottle and a fan. Okay. And to all of our fans, just think. Only, what chapter is this? Only 43 chapters left until chap. Oh, we're- next week marks halfway to chapter 85. 
five. Well, chapter 85, whatever that means. <laughs> it gets the people pregnant. Oh, okay. Wait, and this doesn't? This can. Chapter 85 is like... Okay, mm -hmm. then. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So, I guess it's because I don't read, but I just, I'm so confused how this can be any more, like... Oh, you just wait. Okay. You heard it here first, first folks. How can it get any more? Don't look at me like that. I can't wait for y'all to see us do this live. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, and I get and to put on clothes to sit in my house <laughs> that aren't pajama clothes. I mean, I might wear pajamas, but I was just gonna wear a Harry Potter t-shirt as per usual. Maybe I'll even write fire whiskey and honey on my uh, chalkboard so y'all can see it in the background. But I need to clean my office. <laughs> Awesome sauce. But yes, for those of you who are on Patreon, get excited. Actually, by the time this releases, it will already be out because um, I will be the one posting the video. And uh, huh, funny story, I actually have to go out of town Friday morning. So I'm probably going to post it Thursday night. So if I didn't post it Thursday night, well, shucks, it should be out already. If I did post it Thursday night, you are welcome. Oh, boy. All right. So remember to hop on Patreon. And remember that if you donate just $1, you get access. So hop on that cheese. If you donate $5, you get a sticker. If you donate $10, you get three stickers. And if you donate more money than that, nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, you get our undying love and affection. And if anybody can ever think of a perk that you think would be even better than the three stickers and the handwritten note and the fact that we say your name at the end of every episode, please let us know and we will try to incorporate that and make an even higher level Patreon. And speaking of which, it's time to thank those lovely people. Thank you so much to Miriam, Rachel, Jackie, Aguila, Carissa, Abigail, Rebecca, Becky, Sandra, Nevi, Chelsea, Ryland, Ryder, Laura, Olivia, Heather, Ashley, Claire, Claire, Amara, Jade, Shannon, Roshan, Jillian, Elise, Hannah, Martina, Paige, Amanda, Samantha, Therese, Sarah, Danielle, Miranda, Caitlin, and Rin. Thank you so much for being our Fox Level Patreons. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our foxy foxes. We love you. Cat's making really weird faces at me. I think she's still kind of frustrated. But you good? Yes, you good? I'm fine. Oh, deep breath. I know, I know. I'm keeping you up late on a school night. But um, also don't forget to go check out shopcharliejames.com and check out the Fire Whiskey and Honey line of bracelets. And don't forget to use that FWH pod code at the checkout to get 20% off the Fire Whiskey and Honey lineup. 
Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey, and we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday.